Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is Friday the 13th, August 2021, and our first story... The Biden administration has been discussing mandating vaccines for interstate travel, one of the most shocking and authoritarian moves we have seen to date. Now, it may not happen, but they say if public support keeps growing in favor of vaccine mandates, it just might. In our next story, parents across the country are protesting against mandatory masks in schools. Perhaps this is a sign that there will not be growing public support for mandatory vaccinations. And in our final story, Joe Biden is botching the withdrawal from Afghanistan. The Taliban is moving in and seizing more cities. And because of this, Biden has announced he will send in more troops into Kabul to evacuate personnel from the embassy. But even Mitch McConnell, Republican, is saying we need more troops. It is the Uniparty, my friends. They are warmongers. Now, before we get started, if you like the show, please leave us a good review. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. This is the moment. This is the turning point in your life, in history. It is staring you in the face. Do you shy away? Do you ignore it and bow down and hope that if I keep my head down, they won't come for me? Because I'll tell you this, that's wrong. Now is that moment. We are watching the face of authoritarianism rise in the U.S. Joe Biden's administration is in discussions about mandating vaccines for interstate travel. We see now, I think, four cities mandating vaccines, a proof of vaccination to go into bars and cafes and restaurants, not too dissimilar to what we see in France. In Australia, the military has been deployed to enforce lockdown and they're calling in more troops. It is happening right in front of you. What will history say about what you did when this is happening? Now, what do I mean by this? Because a lot of people are like, Tim, what do you mean when you say stand up, fight back? figurative activist kind of phrase. I don't mean physically fight. I mean, the, the, the Democrats power is not absolute. Certainly, you have establishment Republicans who are getting on board with all of this stuff, too, which is part of the problem. We have a Supreme Court ruling, Amy, uh, not Supreme Court, but Amy Coney Barrett rejected an emergency uh, request for a stay on mandatory vaccines in Indiana. So I don't think the Republicans are going to get you out of this one. But I think there's an opportunity in 2022 for uh, an electoral system which would strip many of these Democrats of their ability to do what they're doing. And I think that's why they're moving so quickly and why it's so shocking. 
Normally, the despots, they want to slow boil, right? Put the frogs in a pot, crank the heat up so that slowly boils and you don't realize what's happening around you. But they're 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 rushing this to an extreme degree. And I think it's because they know that come 2022, they might actually lose the House and then Joe Biden could face impeachment if the Republicans that come in are like America, uh, American populist type individuals, like America first populists, they're going to come in and they're going to be like, we're not doing any of this. And that can really stifle their plans because the Democrats have such a thin hold on power right now. They are moving rapidly. There's a video going viral right now. It shows some men arguing and there's like a white dude on the phone. And then someone walks up, a black dude, and punches him in the face and just knocks him out. Now, I don't know what the context of the video is. And I think, you know, people sharing this stuff, they're, uh, you don't know the context, right? People are arguing with each other. People fight all the time. I don't think race is a component. But many people are using that to say, get out of cities, look. Uh, and I see that stuff and I'm like, that is not, in my opinion, the reason to get out of cities. Street fights happen all the time. Innocent people get punched all the time. I mean, well, to be, to be fair, it is a reason to get out of cities. I should say that. But as if it's a new thing, people are acting like they're surprised by this. No, it's just you're seeing the video on the internet. The reality is that these cities have become despotic, that the police are willing to enforce anything. They would punch their own mothers in the face if their mayors told them to do it. They literally would. Okay, okay, not literally. I am exaggerating because, you know, they wouldn't punch their own mother in the face. I'm just saying if, if these cops get orders to do something egregious, they will do it. They've been doing it. They did it last year. Now, to be fair, NYPD was refusing to enforce a lot of this mandate stuff. So they had to call in troopers and out of, uh, you know, and, and, and other uh, police departments. So perhaps local cops in certain cities won't do it. But there's, there's always more than enough cops in a neighboring town who will come into your town and enforce the law against you. And I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. Inter- this, is a story, this is a story from WKYC Studios. President Biden eyes tougher vaccine rules without provoking backlash. No, you're provoking a backlash. I want to tell you about a story we covered yesterday you may have heard. And I'll give you the gist. And I'll, give it, I'll keep it really simple. Inflation is hitting really hard. And a local journalist reached out to a small family restaurant and asked them if they were being hit by inflation. The restaurant said, oh, yeah, man, the prices are skyrocketing. Uh, you know, I, I got to pay 200 bucks more a week in mayonnaise. Local GOP posted that and called it Biden inflation. And Democrat media started calling the restaurant liars, mocking them, saying you can't use that much mayonnaise. You're stupid. And, and now they're actually going after the business, leaving them bad reviews and threatening them. I mean, threatening their business, not like them physically. I don't know if that's actually the case, but I know they're going after their business, leaving bad reviews and things like that. These people didn't do anything. I'll tell you what they did. They mentioned a truth. And this is what you need to understand. This small business, they, they, they are not political. I've, I've spoken with them. I called them, talked to the owner. Not political. Told the truth to the journalist. This is what our prices are like. So they came for them. So they're trying to destroy their business. The mainstream Democrat establishment media are insulting them, calling them liars, sending hate and harassment their way for daring to speak up and tell people a simple fact. Inflation is here. It's funny because these people don't understand despotism, authoritarianism. And because of that, you have cowards who are saying, I don't want to be involved in politics. Well, this is what happens when you when you back away. They're going to keep increasing these mandates. They say when it comes to interstate travel, well, it could be unpopular and, and too polarizing. So they're not sure they're, they're going to do it. 
But they say that's not to say they won't be implemented in the future as public opinion continues to shift towards requiring vaccinations as a means to restore normalcy. That is vac- mandatory vaccines for interstate travel. I am telling you, I was not wrong about this. I, I was not wrong about the activists coming for you because you dare speak up. Imagine what the future will be like, what the message being sent to this restaurant is, what this message says. They are beating you figuratively over the head over and over again and saying, shut up. And you know, it's funny. It reminds me of that. Uh, uh, ooh, let's do a Marvel reference because I know the left loves those. When Loki in the Avengers tells everyone to kneel before him and the man stands up and, and, and Loki's like, you better kneel or else. And he says, I will not kneel for you. He said, I won't kneel before a man like you. And then he says, there is no men like me. And he goes, there are always men like you. That's the moment we're witnessing right now. Will you drop to your knees and say, yes, yes, may I have another? Please tell me what I can and can't do. Or will you stand up and say no? Here's what happens. These people who are attacking the restaurant, they're useful idiots They're like brown shirts, just like Antifa. They're too stupid to know what's going on. And so they become the cudgel for the authoritarians to beat down anyone who opposes their narrative. That's what the media has been doing. Innocent, regular working class people. Well, I tell you what, man, I will have very little sympathy for many of these people. Look, I empathize. I do. I sympathize with this business. But I tell you, if you think you get to back away and pass the responsibility onto somebody else, don't be surprised when no one is there to speak up for you. This is what's happening now in this country. They say, while more severe measures such as mandating vaccines for interstate travel or changing how the federal government reimburses treatment for those who are unvaccinated and become ill have been discussed, the administration worried that they would be too polarizing for the moment. That's not to say they won't be implemented in the future as public opinion continues to shift. And is public opinion really shifting or are they just going to say it is and then slow boil until they enact border checkpoints at states? I tell you, I live on the border. Uh, I live in West Virginia. We work on the border of uh, the, the three states. It's West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland. There's one bridge. If they put up a checkpoint to, to track people coming in and out of the state, it would take you about an hour to cross into the other state. And you know what? I don't know what you do at that point especially for the people who live and work between states, which is fairly normal in border cities and and border uh, areas. What will that mean? It will cause the states to self-isolate by simple nature of pressure on the system. Somebody who lives in West Virginia is going to be like, well, you know, it's a it's it's normally only a 10 minute drive for me to go to Walmart. But because of that checkpoint, it's going to take two hours. I might as well go to the one that's 20 minutes away in in, in my in, in this state. So it just cuts off the interstate economics. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a 
over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing, arcseedkits.com. They say Lawrence Gostin, a professor of health and law at Georgetown University, said Biden would likely need to continue to turn up the pressure on the unvaccinated. He's really going to have to use all the leverage the federal government has and indeed use pressure points. And I think there are a few that he can do, but he hasn't done yet. The country is completely fatigued with lockdowns, business closures and masking. And vaccines are literally our only tool. We tried masking, distancing, occupancy limits, even entire lockdowns now for coming along nearly two years. And the virus just keeps raging back. And the vaccines are the only thing we have now to defeat the virus. We need to use that tool and we need to use it vigorously. And I think there will be large public support for that. You are wrong, sir, because polling shows that there's about half the country that are absolutely adamant and will refuse to get vaccinated. It's a little bit less. I think actually I think it might be closer to a third to a half. So, you know, around like, you know, 35 to 40 percent. And for whatever their reason is, I don't know. I'm not their doctor. I think one of the big problems we have now is, while I certainly think it's fair to say, we just had, you know, Kyle Becker on the show the other night. He is far from a leftist. He got the vaccine. He's fine. He said, you know, he had some, he had some, uh, he got zonked out for a little bit, felt fatigued. We've had tons of people come in. I think it's fine. I, but, but I ultimately think I, I'm not here to give anybody advice. I can sit here and be like 330 million doses administered. You got to talk to a doctor. And I think one of the reasons many people may not be getting the vaccine, there's two things. A lot of people got one dose and then stopped. So they're not fully vaccinated. And that's, that, plays, that, that plays a role in where we go into San Francisco, right? Because you need full vaccination. There are people who got one dose of the vaccine, had an adverse reaction, and were advised by their doctor to stop. This is common. The CDC says this on the CDC website. It says, if you have an adverse reaction, make sure you talk to your doctor and your doctor may recommend you not follow up or you try a different vaccine, maybe Johnson and Johnson. This is why I don't give medical advice. And I say, talk to a doctor because that happens. That's why we have more people with one dose than people fully vaccinated. It's also entirely possible we have people with no doses because they have other ailments or underlying conditions. If they implement, look, look at this, CNN from CNN. First major U.S. city announces it will mandate proof of full vaccinations for certain indoor activities. San Francisco became the first major city to mandate proof of full vaccines. City residents age 12 and older will now be required to show proof they have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to enter restaurants, bars, gyms and theaters, as well as large event spaces with at least 1000 people. The new mandate is scheduled to go into effect August 20th. We know that for our city to bounce back from the pandemic and thrive, we need to use the best method we have to fight COVID-19, and that's vaccines. Many San Francisco businesses are already leading the way by requiring proof of vaccination for their customers because they care about the health of their employees, their customers, and the city. I certainly think if you go to your doctor and you're an average person, they're going to recommend a vaccine and you're going to be completely fine. But I don't know your history. I don't know what you read. And I don't know what your doctor said to you. So I think that's between you and, and, and them. And therefore, I will not mandate you to show your papers to me. This is the craziest thing. There was, um, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I, we, we know the story of Pete Parada, who was formerly of The Offspring, their drummer. And he said that he has uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, 
which is a, it's nerve damage caused by, I think it was childhood vaccination. It happens to people. It is a known side effect. And he said, for this, his doctor recommended against him getting the vaccine. For that, he got kicked out of the band. That's insane to me. But what's more insane is that there was some other person, I can't remember who, who posted a message, some celebrity saying, you know, please don't do this. Please don't mandate this stuff. Uh, uh, you know, some people are unable to get the vaccines. And I realized the scariest thing about this if you show up to a place and say that you're exempt, they're going to say, why? If you say, more importantly, outside of that, if you say that you did not get the vaccine, people are going to question you. And that's going to mean that many people in, in fear of not being socially accepted will have to reveal underlying health conditions that normally would be private. There are many conditions. Maybe it's as simple as allergies. Maybe it's as simple as uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome. For that, uh, people are recommended against you know, getting the vaccine. There's also a potential that there was some embarrassing side effect of the first dose and your doctor recommended against it. And now someone wants to tell, come to you and say, why, why, aren't, why aren't you getting it? So there's uh, Libby Emmons we've had on the show several times. She posted that she uh, on Twitter, she opposes vaccine mandates. She is vaccinated. And on Reddit, they called her an anti-vaxxer, which is insane. She literally got the vaccine. So what I'm saying is there could be someone who goes to the doctor who really wants to get the vaccine. And the doctor says, I will not recommend this. There, there was, uh, interestingly, there was one story about Hannity we talked about where the guy went to his doctor and he said he has a cancer survivor and was scared because there's, there's um, counterindications for people who have survived, survived cancer. And the doctor said, well, I recommend you get the vaccine because you're immunocompromised. So he said to the doctor, is this something you will administer and prescribe? And the doctor said, no. And for that, the guy said he's worried about his underlying condition. Should he then have to go public and tell everybody that he's a cancer survivor? Man, I don't want people to be forced to reveal they've got some kind of illness or disease or something. You know, I mean, look, I guess if it's contagious, then we need to be like, like with COVID, hey, we'll tell people, don't go out and spread COVID. If you're sick, stay home. Let's have some reasonable measures to, to stop the spread of this disease. But even Fauci is now coming out and saying that it looks like this is going to be a yearly thing. They've been saying it for some time, meaning boosters every year. Is this the first time in history that we've had the entire world be just crippled by, a, by an illness? I mean, I understand the, the Black Plague and very serious illnesses with extremely high mortality rates and things like smallpox. But while this is, you know, COVID is going to be, uh, if it becomes a yearly thing, it'll be like twice as bad as the flu. Like the, the mortality rate is, 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 is a lot higher. It's not 20%. It's not 40, 50, 60%. So the protocol seems to be that we have to learn to live with this, take reasonable precautions. I'm all for the mask thing, right? If you are sick and you know you're sick, put on a mask or stay home. So when I see people out with masks, I'm like, I don't know or care. I literally don't. When I see uh, buildings with mask mandates, if I have the option, I'll go somewhere else. Otherwise, honestly, I don't care all that much. Mandating children wear masks arbitrarily, I think is a problem. Mandating people wear them arbitrarily may, is, is, is ridiculous. But we do, I think we should have a culture of people wearing masks when they're sick because they do that in Asia and it literally does help stop, uh, slow the spread of anything. I don't want to get sick. I get really, really mad when people come here, people who work here and they're like, man, I'm feeling a little sick. I'm like, go home. I work every single day without exception. I do not want to get sick because I have been sick, of course, you know, uh, once or twice in the past uh, year or so, and I work through it. 
You get a headache, you pop some ibuprofen, and you work through it. I don't want to get sick. So people should wash their hands more and wear their masks and things like that when they are sick. But mandating this stuff like San Francisco is doing, now New Orleans, check this out. New Orleans will require proof of COVID-19 vaccination or negative tests for bars, gyms, concerts. It is happening now, my friends. I wonder, though, will Americans reject this, resist this, and uh, what will this lead to? I tell you, it's a slow motion controlled demolition. That's what, well, Zuby called it, a, a, you know, Zuby, he called it a controlled demolition in a comment on Instagram on, on one of my posts. This is the only way to explain it. There are people who aren't going to get the vaccine. You, you cannot mandate someone to defy their doctor. It's that simple. If, if they put up checkpoints saying in order for interstate travel, you need a vaccine. And then there's somebody who's like, my doctor said no. Then what are you supposed to do to, to cross the state line? The mere mention of that should be ringing alarm bells because they are boiling us in the pot. They said last year that's not they're not going to have ma- passports. You're crazy. It's no, that's ridiculous. And now here we are. Next year they're going to be like, well, you know, to, sl- to stop the spread, you know, why should Blue Maryland suffer because red, wet, red West Virginia isn't taking it seriously? So we got to put up those checkpoints. They already had checkpoints last year between New York and Connecticut. They were checking people's license plates. It will happen. Okay, I shouldn't say it like that. They are pushing. They are pushing it. And it might not happen if enough people say no. As that article said, when public opinion changes, they might start doing it. I'll tell you what will happen. If they implement these border checkpoints, if they, if they do more of these uh, uh, city lockdowns and mandatory vaccines, the economy will be crippled. Joe Biden shuts down the Keystone Pipeline, bans fracking on federal land, and then opens up you know, Russia with no sanctions, says, go ahead, do the Nord Stream too. Our economy is being just slammed over and over again with a sledgehammer. These city lockdowns, they're going to mean no tourism. Truckers, not going to come in. Fascinating. The country will be bifurcated. Well, the good news, I guess, is if they, if, if they get the country to 70% vaccination, they're not going to care about the 30% because they'll have their 70% to maintain the uh, uh, economy to a certain degree. But I'll tell you this. I mentioned Libby. She's the editor-in-chief of the Post Millennial. She's vaccinated, but she doesn't agree with these mandatory vaccinations. Still, that creates kind of a hybrid situation where she's less likely to uh, work and and live in a city with these mandates because she opposes them, but she still can freely move about in cities that require this. Imagine you live just outside of New Orleans. Now you can't go shopping there. Imagine you live in the Bay Area. Can't go to San Francisco. Not unless you adhere to their requirements. As they said, they want to turn the pressure up. Eventually, we get to that point where, like I said, truck drivers won't go into these states. We already have a shortage of truckers. Gas prices are skyrocketing. I hope you recognize what's happening because I'll tell you this. As I often say, tell me what reason you have to believe that things will calm down. I'm, I'm all ears. Comment below. Tell me what reason you have to believe that this is the apex, that it's the, the climax, the peak. It's now going to start calming down. They're going to start removing these lockdowns, these restrictions. No, they're increasing them. It's getting worse. And now they're talking about some very seriously extreme border lockdowns. I don't know how they mandate that. How do they enforce that? I guess it only takes one cop at every, you know, uh, uh, highway that comes into and out of the state. So what will you do? I guess sneak across state lines. Wow. 
Imagine the future we are heading towards, my friends. More and more CEOs are coming out and mandating it for all of their employees. And some people have, you know, I've talked about this before. I'm fine with small businesses having more leeway on who and who they hire and don't hire. But I'm less inclined to, to respect that when it comes to major corporations because it leads to fascism. But here we are. You've got the establishment leftists. I think it's funny. The meme is uh, uh, an alarming amount of people who are saying punch a Nazi have flipped and are now saying, show us your papers. Isn't that amazing? But that's where we're going. I think if they implement the interstate uh, lockdown thing, this country will instantly just shatter. Instantly. Because you're going to have broken supply lines. Texas will then start saying things like we can't rely on food to come in from other places because many of these people aren't coming here. But I'll tell you what's interesting. It's a valve. It flows one way. If Texas and Florida are open for business, that means you can go from California to Texas. And then if you're a vaccinated truck driver from California, you can go to Texas and then come back. If you're from Texas, you can't go to California, which means goods will transfer into red states, but not out of them. Very, very interesting. Unless, of course, it's just, you know, the trucker from California who comes in is the one who transports stuff back. So that's fair. But it means that these states will increasingly be isolated that people who live in these states will remain in these states and not be traveling outside of them for the most part. It will dramatically reduce interstate travel. And then eventually it will create cultures unique to, you know, for a long time we had the regional cultures. The words, you know, like pop and soda and Coke mean all different things across the country. You've got water fountain bubbler. You know what a bubbler is? I guess people in Cape Cod call water fountains bubblers. How about that? Well, that's all going away because of the internet. But what happens when you have people in Kentucky who can't leave Kentucky, then you get a unique Kentucky culture. They grow their own foods. They, they make their own recipes. They might share them online, but people in other states can't get access to the same crops. So we don't know exactly how it will play out, but I can tell you this. I think it will lead to just collapse. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Parents have had enough. More and more schools are implementing mask mandates. And because of this, we are seeing protests erupt across the country as parents demand that these schools stop forcing their children to wear masks. In one instance in Tennessee, a very large and raucous group was seen yelling at school board members and officials. And they even yelled, we know where you live, making that veiled threat. It escalated in one area where a parent saw their child wearing a mask leaving the school, became irate, started yelling at the principal. When a teacher came to intervene, the parent and that teacher got into a fight and the teacher was left with some minor injuries, meaning the parent was just like, no, you're not going to do this. Now, this is really interesting. For those that aren't familiar with the, the Timcast IRL show, or maybe you don't watch it, I had Steve Bannon on the show. And of course, we're talking about the state of this country. We're talking about potential fracturing of the states or some kind of civil war. And Steve Bannon said something that I hadn't considered. It's the parents. It's the mothers. He said, come August 15th, when the parents see what these schools are doing to their children, there will be a revolt. All hell will break loose or something to that effect. And I think we're learning that he was correct. Now, to what extent these parents will continue to protest, I don't know. But man, I, I've been been following the story because I, all right, let's see if Steve Bannon's correct on this one. And I, I think he is. I've got, I think, like eight or nine stories pulled up for you already of all of these different protests erupting across the country. Now, 
This is not necessarily indicative of a greater movement. It could only be nine counties where parents are protesting. One guy got into a fight with a teacher. One guy yelled some kind of veiled threat at, a, at an official. It doesn't necessarily mean that out of the 100,000 or so schools, we're going to see parents across the board rise up. But I think it does suggest that Steve Bannon was correct. I think we'll need to see a lot more protest and a lot more revolt, I guess, in a lighter sense from parents, if he is to be truly 100% correct. But I think, I, I think he's got a point. You see, when it comes to critical race applied principles, right, CRT in schools, a lot of people don't know what's happening. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. When it comes to these mask mandates and restrictions, a lot of people don't know what's happening. But now with the new school year set to start, they're going to get a cold splash of water in the face, as it were, when their children come home distressed or despondent, when they learn what's happening to their children. I think you're going to see a lot of angry parents saying no to this. Now, Bannon's point was that the French Revolution, you didn't see much until the women came out of the homes and actually got involved. And he thinks it's going to be the moms seeing their children being abused, as some of these parents have claimed. And that's going to lead to something bigger, a bigger pushback. I hope so, because now we're seeing four cities institute mandatory vaccination. You want to go inside a cafe or a restaurant or a gym or a store? You got to have your vaccine passport. That's like New Orleans. I think it's New York, San Francisco. I'm not sure what, what, what the other city might be, but uh, I believe it's four. I believe it's four. Now, this is worrisome because some people can't get it, you know, the vaccine. But it's more worrisome because it's a step towards despotism, authoritarianism. Who are these school officials to defy the will of the parents who are coming and saying no to this? Why, after hearing from all of these parents saying we don't want this, do you simply still say we don't care, we defy you? It's actually come to the point where in a few instances, parents have held parallel meetings rejecting the authority of these individuals who are defying what the parents actually want. Who installed these many tyrants? Now, look, I think we should be following the science to the best of our abilities. Whatever that means, I think it means more than what you get from the media. The science is more than just some establishment narrative or Dr. Fauci. I think we have to do our best. I think COVID is serious. I think the vaccine absolutely helps. But I think authoritarianism is the wrong approach and it's making people angry. But I think there's a solution here and I think it's school choice. The parents should be able to just get their money back and decide where it should go. 
they should find a school that works for them. The problem, even in places like Florida, where Ron DeSantis is saying we're not going to have mandates, the schools are saying, so what? We're going to do it anyway. And now it's going to court. Well, so long as the parents keep coming out angry, we might actually have some hope for a positive change. We'll see, though. But let's get into the first story. We, we do have the story about the Florida judge, but I want to get started with what's happening with, with these protests. Now, before we do get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you will get an advertisement-free experience. You will help support our journalists, and you will get access to the TimCast IRL members segment. I want to let you guys in on a secret. We don't make direct revenue for the most part off of all of the journalism we're doing yet. And so really, it is kind of a loss leader. It's, it's something I believe in and want to do. I want to have people who write good stories, real news. We make, we're, we're, we are going, we're, we're launching a fact-checking division. We don't need to do that. We want to do that. So I'm not expecting to make a ton of money off of our news division. I think it will work. I think it'll be a sustainable business. And I think you as a member are what's going to support and sustain that. So consider, consider it this. When you become a member, you're effectively paying into a system where you're going to have real journalists doing doing the real work, and we're going to be launching an independent fact-checking organization. So make sure you go to TimCast.com, be a member, but don't forget to like, share, subscribe uh, uh, to this channel. Let's read the news. The first, and probably why you clicked this story from NBC News, parent attacks teacher after mask dispute on first day of school in California district, official says. The teacher suffered lacerations on his face, some bruising on his face and a pretty good knot on the back of his head. The Amador County Unified School District superintendent said the incident occurred about an hour after the first day ended at Sutter Creek Elementary in Amador County. NBC affiliate KCRA of Sacramento reported in a letter to families, Amador County Unified School District superintendent Tori Gibson wrote, as the first day of school comes and goes, there are always hiccups along the way especially during this trying time. Unfortunately, a parent took it upon himself to verbally assault a principal that led to a serious physical altercation between him and a teacher as the teacher intended to protect the principal, she wrote. Gibson told KCRA that the fight started when a parent who was frustrated with the school's mask mandate saw his daughter walk out of the building with a face covering. After the parent got into an argument with the principal, a male teacher intervened, the superintendent said. The situation escalated into a physical fight, leaving the teacher bleeding, according to Gibson. The teacher suffered lacerations, and this we read. It was unclear if the parent sustained any injuries, but he was banned from being on campus. All students in the Amador County Unified School District are required to wear a face to wear a mask while indoors unless they have a medical exemption, according to the California Department of Public Health and the school district's policy. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the CDC previously recommended that all children wear masks when they return to school this year. Do you remember now when I warned you this would happen? We talked about how the CDC said all schools must mandate this. I said, I think Bannon will be proven right on this one. Parents are going to flip out this, my friends. Hopefully, I don't know. This is this is this is beyond reproach. There's no reason to attack somebody over this. If you're if you're, you you got to take responsibility for your life. You can't just demand the school do these things. I mean, look, it's tough. These are public institutions. We need school choice. This, in my opinion, will alleviate the pressure. Don't attack people like this. It proves you wrong. It gives them all of the propaganda they need and want. You see your kid looking like this. You take your kid and you go and you find a better school, one that you that is it's, it's better for your children. Now, the problem is a lot of families can't afford to pay for private schooling. And part of it is because they pay taxes 
that go and fund these schools. Parents should have a say in this. They say, in her letter, Gibson said assaulting a staff member will never be tolerated on any school campus, adding that mask mandates are forever changing, so understanding current requirements is critical. We are not the ones making the rules and mandates, she wrote. We are the ones required to follow and enforce them if we want to keep our doors open and students at school five days a week. The incident was the latest example of the nationwide debate over the school mask mandates reaching a boiling point. On Tuesday, angry protests erupted in Franklin, Tennessee, after the Williamson County Board of Education reinstated a mask mandate for elementary school students, with some people yelling at and heckling those wearing masks. All right, let's get into all this. First, we have from CNN. Yesterday, parents clash at mask mandate protest in Georgia County, where fifth graders were sent home. The protests come a day after fifth graders at Eastside Elementary in Cobb were sent home because of high numbers of COVID-19 cases, according to a school district email sent to parents and obtained by, C- by CNN. It's not just in this instance. This is why I'm showing. It's not just parents saying no masks. You actually have parents saying, yes, masks. Look at this. Be the solution. Require masks. One woman holding up a sign saying moms for masks. Protesters shouted chants over each other. You are not my kid's parent. No more mandates. No more masks. These are my kids, not yours. Parents also chanted mandate masks, protect our kids, educate the ignorant and no more mask signs read my child, my choice. I mean, people are not just going to sit by. Now, this is interesting because it's not the only story where we see the kind of divide parents have been kind of split on this one. But over in Tennessee, yikes, man, from NBC Connecticut, we will find you. Tennessee parents protest school mask mandate. People in masks heckled. One man was caught on video following a person to their car saying you'll never be allowed in public again. Wow. Parents are not having none of this, man. You may have seen the story because I covered it before. But uh, basically, the gist of it is there were uh, there was a meeting. People were yelling. People tried to leave the building. The sheriff had to come and escort them. But my friends, it has only escalated since then. Check this out. Parents protest against school mandate in Chino, in Chino School District. They say parents in Chino took to the streets to protest against the recent mask mandate for schools in the Chino Valley Unified School District. Some parents say the children should have the choice as to whether they want to wear masks, saying that the masks affect their children's health and social interactions at school. This was back on August 10th. We have this Fulton County parents protest school mask mandate from just 13 hours ago. Tensions ran high outside a Fulton County school board meeting. A large group of parents showed up in opposition to the school's mask mandate. While there were a couple of people in the crowd who supported the district's mask policy, the majority of the people were against mandating masks. How about this one? Parents protest demand mask mandate at Cobb County schools. This is Cobb County in Atlanta. We also have another story. My child, my choice. CCSD parents protest masks for K through 12 students in Las Vegas. With signs in hand, hundreds of Clark County School District parents gathered outside the school district building to protest mask guidelines. My friends, parents are starting to get riled up. They are coming out. They're too young right now. Group of District 303 parents rally against mask mandates in suburban Chicago. Here we have WAPT. Parents protest at Rankin County School Board meeting on new mask mandate. This is incredible. Across the country, my friends. Now, I'll tell you where things go from here. As parents come out and say no, and many places like in Florida, like DeSantis says, we will not do this to children. We have Kentucky, of all places. 
Kentucky governor to school officials trying to skirt state's mask mandate. Good luck. What a bold and psychotic statement. Things are getting insane, man. And it's always something different. I remember when we were talking about, you know, Proud Boys and Antifa and intersectionality and wokeness and all that stuff. And it's only escalated now to this point where a governor is telling people who want to defy these mandates, good luck from the Hill. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir wished officials who were considering defying a recent statewide mask mandate in schools, good luck, and vowed the state would hold them accountable. When someone gets hurt, and they will, if you're refusing to do the right thing, good luck, Bashir said Thursday, according to the AP. I think you'll be held accountable. It's amazing. Kentucky, of all places. What did we hear from Rand Paul? Rand Paul made a video coming out telling people to resist because they can't arrest us all. It's a clear distinction between the two different factions, I suppose. Now, establishment Republicans, for the most part, do nothing. Meanwhile, Democrats tell you the cudgel is waiting. If you want to defy what we have to say, the authorities will come. The Republicans go, slow down there, Democrats. Amazing leadership from people like Mitch McConnell, mind you, in Kentucky as well. On Tuesday, Bashir issued an executive order requiring that all staff, students and guests in child care centers, preschools and K through 12 schools had to wear facial coverings inside regardless of vaccination status. The state's Board of Education approved the mandate on Thursday. In his, exec- in his executive order, he pointed to a high hospitalization rate and a surge of COVID-19 cases, as well as masking guidance issued by the center for by, by the CDC. The executive order stated that on Friday, that Kentucky reported 2,612 new COVID cases, 976 hospitalizations. By comparison, on July 6th, the state had reported 87 new COVID-19, uh, COVID-19 cases and 198 hospitalizations. Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron has come out against mask mandates, but Bashir suggested that people do not realize the gravity of COVID-19 in Kentucky and elsewhere, the wire service reported. Those that are criticizing, none of them talk about how serious the virus is, Bashir said. None of them are talking about how serious the Delta variant is. None of them are talking about hospitalizations, and none of them, when they get a microphone, are saying, please get vaccinated. That means they're, sh- they're sowing at least misinformation or confusion. It means they don't want you mandating what they have to do with their lives. You are here to serve the people. The people are not here to bend to your will. I suppose, though, what we're seeing is the split between libertarian and authoritarian. Here we have more protests, but this one is, is interesting because I started with this. I'll end off with this one. St. John's County parent protest call for mask mandate for students and teachers. You see, that's interesting. I started with showing you there was a split. You know, in some instances, the parents are protesting each other, but we're getting a wave of parents saying no. But we do have at least one story I could find where they're saying masks keep kids safe and schools open and they're demanding mask mandates. Interesting. I'll say this. Now over in Florida, Ron DeSantis has banned mask mandates. He has mandated no mask mandate, saying you can't do it. We have this from the interim Florida superintendent saying she will continue to defy DeSantis's order on masks. Broward County Public Schools interim superintendent Vicki Cartwright said that her school board is sticking with its decision to uphold a mask requirement despite Ron DeSantis executive orders on masks. DeSantis is threatening to withhold school officials salaries if they defy his order directing states' health and education departments to issue rules preventing the implementation of school mask mandates. Quote, my core value is students first. No amount of personal financial loss will cause me to go against this value. 
No amount of money can compare to a person's life or the impact that this virus may have on a person or their family, Cartwright said on CNN's New Day. The Broward County School Board voted Tuesday to maintain the school district's mask mandate. Local decisions such as this allow for responsiveness and the immediate needs for local and very real situations. It wasn't an easy decision to, for them to make, but I know at the heart of every one of our board members that are making a decision that they feel is right to keep the health and safety of our students and our community, she said. Now, here's what's funny. When the government says, you can't do this, the school boards go, oh, but we have to, so we're gonna anyway. In these other places where parents are protesting, they're saying, we're, we're not, it's not us, they're making us do it. These people are liars, they are authoritarians and despots. And Ron DeSantis' challenge is now making its way to the courts. This is the first story I'd pulled up. Click Orlando says, Florida judge hears challenge of DeSantis' school mask mandate ban. Governor Ron DeSantis, ban on mandatory school mask policies faces a challenge in a Tallahassee courtroom on Friday afternoon. Leon County Circuit Judge John Cooper is scheduled to hear a lawsuit brought by parents from several large school districts who are asking that limits be lifted on mandatory masking as children across Florida are returning to school. DeSantis has repeatedly said it should be up to parents to decide. The lawsuit says the mask ban violates Florida's constitution, which grants power solely to local school boards to operate, control, and supervise classes within their districts. The parents also claim that while it may be safe to operate schools in some areas of the state without masks, it is not safe to do so in crisis areas of Florida, which includes Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, St. Petersburg, West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami. The parents who brought the lawsuit are from Miami-Dade, Palm Beach, Orange, Alachua, Hillsborough, and Pinellas counties. In some counties, students and teachers who returned to classrooms only days ago are already under a quarantine. In Palm Beach County, officials said they ended the second day of classes with 440 students sent home to quarantine because of 51 cases detected among staff members and students. Orange County school system reported 333 total cases after classes began this week with 20 teachers and 39 students quarantined. I want you to be aware of things, though. While I certainly think we can do a good job to keep our kids safe, we got to track the data. We got to look at what the CDC is actually saying and not just have a blind reaction demanding a uniform policy that doesn't make sense for everybody. And that does include mask mandates. I think Ron DeSantis coming out and saying, putting a ban on mask mandates in schools probably lean toward, leans towards the right decision. But I do think if there's an emergency area and a school wants to implement some emergency policies, I don't know what you do, to be completely honest. The challenge right now is that if you don't trust the government, you'll say no to these things. If you do trust the government, you'll say yes to these things. And if you're just in the middle trying to understand what's happening, it's tough. Even the frontline coalition of doctors, the people who have advocated for alternative treatments, have recommended masks. Now for children, this is where I think it's ultimately got to come down to what the parents want. And that's where it gets weird. In these very heavy Democrat districts where you've got parents who want the mask mandates, I'm not going to tell them not to do it. I mean, people should raise their kids as they would like to. But that means that other parents who are defying these things, who are protesting, should have a right to take their children somewhere else. That means we need school choice. But you got to watch out for the propaganda. Take a look at this story. It's going far and wide from CBS Local. Four Broward County educators lose battle with COVID in less than 24 hours. Now, this story is sad. I'm sad to hear that there are people who have lost their lives. But the headline that you're seeing across the board just says four teachers lose their lives as DeSantis, you know, uh, asserts mask uh, ban on mask mandates. You want to know why this is funny propaganda? School hasn't started yet. There, there you go. 
School hasn't started yet. These teachers were not in school. They did not contract COVID from schools. So sure, you can always make an argument, well, hey, but what if these teachers had COVID and went to school? What if some other teachers have COVID and go to school? Take a test, I guess. Um, I don't know what to say. A lot of people mentioned also that three of the uh, individuals who died were unvaccinated. And one person, they're not sure the vaccine, vaccine status. It's a tough decision. I actually think it's, it's fine for schools. I've said this before. I, I guess a lot of people don't like it. I think it's fine that schools mandate vaccines. Yes, I do. I also think before you can do anything like that, you've got to give parents their money back. I, I, I do. If you want to force someone to pay into a system, they get a say. And if they say no, well, then so be it. But I think we've seen in many circumstances, vaccines doing a wonderful job. The risks are, are relatively low. But regardless of what I think, I can't tell you how to raise your kids. So if you have kids and you want to make decisions for them, that has nothing to do with me. And so I can't stand by a system that would take your money from you and then tell you, you have no say in the matter. Sorry, that didn't work that way. If you as a school want to mandate uh, um, masks or, or vaccines or anything like that, give the parents their tax money back. Let them go where they want to go or homeschool. They should not be paying for something they have no say in. Taxation without representation. How's that for America? Hey, what's that, D.C.? They say taxation without representation as well. Hey, I get it. Yeah. I guess D.C. is a federal jurisdiction, though. So they have I think they have like non-voting delegates or whatever. That's a different subject. I'll tell you this. If a parent says, I don't want my kid to do this, hand them their money back and, hand, and send them on their way. But you know what? In the, in the bigger picture, outside of all this, I want to make sure we keep our eyes on the prize. Critical race, applied principles is also playing a big role in this uprising. Parents have been protesting for some time now. It's not just about mask mandates. It's also about critical race theory in schools, which there is. First, let me just show you this story from the Daily Mail. Others should follow me. Teacher who quit her job in critical race theory row says her former colleague should follow her out of the door, out the door and reveals she has a new job at a private school after being inundated with offers. This is why we must have school choice so that we don't force we, we don't force uh, people to fund these ridiculous programs like critical race applied principles. This teacher quit her job and she's fine. People said, come work for us. Fine. Get out of there. That's good news. This is a teacher telling you critical race theory is in schools. It's called critical race praxis when it's implemented in schools or critical race applied principles, CRAP or CRP, whatever you want to call it. Let me show you how it manifests. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. This story, man, from the Atlanta Black Star. It was just disbelief. 
parent files complaint against Atlanta Elementary School after learning the principal segregated students based on race. This one boils my blood. These people are psychotic. They are lying every day. We have morons in media telling you it's not happening. And it's happening in front of our faces. Despot, cultist, authoritarian ideologues are segregating your children on racial lines. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. An Atlanta mom filed a federal complaint against her daughter's Atlanta elementary school after she learned the school was separating students on the basis of race. In the discrimination complaint filed with the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights, parent Kyla Posey claims the principal at Mary Lynn Elementary School, a K-5 school in Atlanta, put a segregation policy in place because she thought it was best for all students. I'm sorry, man. This is getting me real angry. Posey found out last year that the elementary school would be putting black students in two different classrooms and two different with, with two different teachers and white students into six classrooms with six different teachers. Posey protested the policy when it was allegedly put in place by Principal Sharon Briscoe last year. First, it was just disbelief that I was having this conversation in 2020 with a person that looks just like me, a black woman. It's segregating classrooms. You cannot segregate classrooms. You can't do it. And they're getting away with it. And they're saying, so sue me. These scumbags, man, what they're doing to these kids. I hope Bannon was right that parents are going to stand up to this stuff. I really, really do. I really hope he was right. Posey, who was vice president of operations for the Parent Teacher Association, according to the school website, first learned of the separation after she contacted Briscoe to request that her daughter be placed in a specific classroom with a certain teacher. Briscoe replied by saying that would not work because the teacher's classroom wasn't for black students, Posey claims. She said, that's not one of the black classes. And I immediately said, what does that mean? I was confused. I asked for more clarification. I was like, we have those in school. And she proceeded to say, yes, I have decided that I'm going to place all the black students in two classes. According to Shields, Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 says, you cannot treat one, gr- you cannot treat one group of people differently based upon race. And that is what is going on at Mary Lynn. Posey pushed for her daughter not to be placed in segregated classrooms. I explained to her she shouldn't be isolated or punished because I'm unwilling to go along with your illegal and unethical practice. This is critical race applied principles. It's not that they're reading Kimberly Crenshaw or Derek Bell. And they are. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. They are in a lot of these schools. But in this instance, it's about them taking those teachings. Derek Bell opposed desegregating schools. He said, we should have just made the segregated schools better. That to me is insane. But this is what happens when these teachings make their way to your children. It's frustrating, man. I'm glad to see all these parents uh, rising up and standing up. And I think that's cause for optimism. This video should not be left on a sour note. It should not be left on a, a, a negative tone. But it should be... This, this kind of news, it should invigorate you. It should, uh, it should, it should uh, light a fire under you figuratively. It should rally the troops figuratively. It should rally parents to say, I will not stand by as, the, as they do these things to children. And I think it is. We've seen parents waking up to what's going on. And this may bring about very serious change in electoral politics. If there's one thing that may actually bring up, bring about an end to the insane wokeness is that they finally crossed the line for regular parents. Now, as for the standard, 
democratic authoritarian, uh, you know, or despotism like policies over mask mandates and things like that. Show us your papers and whatnot. Wear your mask. I think that's also making parents very angry. We're a nation, a culture built upon defiance. You know, we are the descendants of those who would defy the authority, the crown. Our culture was built upon that to a great extent. Though there has always been a large portion of people in this country who have always said their loyalty is to the authority no matter what. Fortunately for us in the original colonies, our leaders were those who said we reject these, these, these ideas. We reject your authority. It is, it, it, it is ill-gotten. And they had kids and they told those stories and they made a bill of rights and they passed down their history. Far from perfect. I get it. But we've improved greatly because of these ideas of defying the authority. The left used to be all about protesting the machine. Now they're raging on its behalf. They're coming out with slogans and spray painting them, but it's the same thing you see at Amazon and Walmart. Where's the defiance? Where's the punk rock? Oh, I'm sorry. The punk bands are all in line with the establishment, bought and paid for. But maybe it'll be parents. You can't count on the rebels, I suppose, but you can count on people to get mad when their kids are being put in these situations and abused. And I'll tell you this, segregating children based on race is the most vile and disgusting racial uh, child abuse and racial abuse I have ever seen. These people are evil people. My family fought hard for civil rights, two generations. Admittedly, my grandparents' generation, it was much harder because it was outright illegal to have the, to, for, my, for my, uh, my, my mom and her family to uh, exist. My grandparents weren't even allowed to live together under, under the laws of this country. Identitarian rule. It's fascinating. Much of the arguments during civil rights were that, uh, you know, oh, oh, but private businesses can do what they want. Oh, but these restaurants, they're private establishments. They can associate. It's the First Amendment. You can't force them to serve somebody. And guess what? We uh, won that one. We said, no, no, you have to accommodate the public. So I'm actually confident. You know, the, the, it, it was the, the, the activists back then fighting for this. Today, what we consider to be the activist base, typically the left, they're in favor of the establishment and the private corporation, the massive multi, the, the multi-billion uh, dollar multinational corporations. They're in favor of all that. The people who have won in the past and I think will win are those who say we have responsibilities to each other within reason to protect individual rights. And that doesn't mean that you can force people to uh, wear masks. That's kind of the opposite. It means that we have to respect individuals from, from discrimination. And that means if someone has a medical exemption, they shouldn't have to be forced to present their papers. So I'm confident that we can, pull, we can, we can pull through on this one. And it's going to require the parents standing up, standing tall and defying this racist insanity. I'm not, I don't know though. I'm confident we're succeeding in, in, in a certain sense. But it's not like the, 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 this, this culture war is going to end anytime soon. And while we may make some gains, so, do, so does the, the, the cultural authoritarians. So does the uniparty and the establishment. They've got power. They've got resources. And it's Republicans and Democrats. So it's going to require a lot of people to say, I refuse. I reject. I will not comply. But within reason, to be honest. Look, if I see somebody wearing a mask, I'm not going to yell at them. Thank you for, for if you're sick. Good. Wear your mask. If people want to get vaccinated, I think vaccines are very, very safe and effective. I genuinely believe that. I looked at the numbers. Um, I just think it's up to you to make the decision, not me. So I can think whatever I want. This is the way it's supposed to be, right? This is the way it's supposed to be with the traditional liberals in this country. I think 
people should get uh, should go to their doctors and get the appropriate advice advice. And I think typically the doctor would advise the vaccine for most people. But I believe in freedom. I believe in you making the choice that's right for you. And I'll I'll take care of myself on my end because the world is the way it is. I'd love it if everybody worked together towards a collective goal. But I'm not, I have no authority over you. This is the way it should be. If you disagree with me, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I'm going to I'm going to let you do your thing and I'll mind my own business. You want to go smoke? I won't stand next to you. I'm not going to take your cigarette away. Ah, that's what people do, I guess. Well, I'll leave it here. Hopefully the parents come out in, in, in mass more. And I think in the next few days we may see that. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. Back in 2012, Barack Obama said that uh, the, the mission in Afghanistan was effectively complete. We had uh, trained the Afghan army to the extent that we could now safely leave and they could maintain everything. Ah, bringing democracy to the Middle East. So now they're uh, evacuating. There, there's a, an, an exodus of American military from Afghanistan, which is a good thing. And the Taliban is walking in. Since they have been leaving, they have, there, there's videos emerging where the Afghan military just walks over and like hands over their arms and they're like shaking hands and the Taliban is just taking over. Now I'm going to tell you this. I don't like the idea. Uh, I don't like uh, uh, the Taliban. But we're not Afghanistan. Afghanistan is not a colony of America. Something is happening there. The U.S. shouldn't have gone there. It was $20 billion. It was a waste of time, money, and everything. And you know what? I have no Fs to give. I'm sad about the people who are at risk. I think we should help those who have provided assistance to America. We have to recognize we made a mess. We, we are responsible for that mess. But at a certain point, let me just throw it to, to Dr. Ron Paul. If you prescribe a medication and it turns out to be wrong, you don't keep them on the same medication. Afghanistan was a mistake. We have to leave. There may be withdrawal from the withdrawal, but I think that's something that was going to happen no matter what. So what do we do? Stay there indefinitely? Well, now, because of the disaster, and I blame Joe Biden for this, and I'll explain. They're going to be sending in, what are they saying, 6,500 troops, 3,000 troops to be temporarily deployed to the capital of Kabul to help evacuate the embassy. Okay, they better get out. And then I think they're putting 3,500 3, in, you know, outlying areas on standby. They're sending in more troops. How much you want to bet? Something goes down and the embassy goes bad. And then Joe Biden's like, we can't leave. This is an affront to, to America, and he tries to find a way to just keep us in Afghanistan and keep that place functioning like some kind of pseudo-colony or just direct colony, I guess. I'm not about it. I think about all the complaints from the left, the cl complaints that I actually recognize, you know, the, like Flint water pipes, which I, un I understand have been fixed. But there's a lot of bad infrastructure in this country. There are a lot of homeless people. I know you can't solve homelessness with, with just throwing money at the problem, but we could use the money we waste overseas I got an idea. How about instead of building infrastructure in Afghanistan, a country that is not America, we build infrastructure here in America. How about we use all that money that we spent, the billions of dollars? What is it, like 80, 90 billion dollars, some, some ridiculous number? How about all of that money just to be spent here in America, helping the lives of Americans? So I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect from this, but I can tell you that I think it is Joe Biden's fault. Why? Jack Posobiec and Sean Parnell made really good points. Actually, I, I, I want to read you their full statements. But basically, as before we get into this, let me just say, Donald Trump set a deadline, May 1st. That's when we will be out. Joe Biden delayed this. 
Now, what we're hearing from Jack and Sean Parnell is that this gave the Taliban time to plan an offensive to go in and just take over. Perhaps you can argue the, they, they had Trump announced we were leaving. They had all that time to plan their offensive. Yes, it also means that Joe Biden had extra time as well to plan a safe evacuation. I think ultimately the problem, it, I'm not going to act like it's 100% Biden's fault. George W. Bush gets us, this, gets us in this mess. Trump was trying to get us out of this mess. Biden is now actually following through, and I think he's doing kind of a bad job. But I'm not going to say it's entirely his fault. It is probable, nay, extremely probable, in my opinion, 95% chance this would have happened no matter what. So I'm not blaming Biden for the fact all this is happening, but I am throwing some shade his way because he gave himself extra time to prepare for this. How is it that we didn't get our people out of the embassies when you gave yourself extra time? It makes no sense. And now you're going to send more troops back. I'm sorry. Trump isn't the president right now. Biden is. And Biden gave himself three extra months he could have used that time to get, to get Americans out of the embassies, as well as the other embassies like the Canadian embassy, whatever else is going on. He didn't. Here's the news. Actually, you know what? I, I want to pause. I'm going to read the news. I also want to throw some serious shade at Mitch McConnell and Adam Kinzinger and the GOP establishment and the garbage Republican Party who are now saying like, where did more troops in Afghanistan? Shut your mouths, scumbags. Man, let me read the news. I'm, I, I, let me slow down, guys. I'm sad to hear about what's happening so far. I'm extremely happy to hear we are getting out. I am, I am worried about them sending in more troops. They call it temporarily. I don't care. I don't want to play these games. I'm, I'm not happy with that. But I think we are still looking at a major net positive. We've got some good news. We are getting out of Afghanistan. We are stopping this ridiculous waste of time, energy, and money. Because even if you think that we should be in there after 20 years, after 20 years, how much money was spent training the Afghan military and they just surrender immediately? Yeah, great expenditure. No, it was lining the pockets of contractors. Here's a story from CNBC. Taliban seized two of Afghanistan's largest cities as U.S. sends troops to evacuate embassy staff. The Taliban overtook two of Afghanistan's largest cities, the latest conquests for the insurgents who are rapidly resting, resting control of the country just weeks before the U.S. was set to complete its withdrawal of troops there. Islamist militants captured Kandahar, the second most populous city in the country, as well as the third largest city in Herat. Uh, I'm sorry, large, third largest city of Herat, citing uh, a, a NBC reports citing a Taliban spokesman. The insurgents have now seized at least half of Afghanistan's 34 provincial capitals, taking control of roughly two thirds of the nation and encircling Kabul, where the U.S. embassy is preparing to evacuate all but its core diplomatic personnel. Now, I guess Joe Biden has asked the Taliban to allow our people to get out of this embassy. And I think it would be in the best interest of the Taliban to just stand back and let America leave. Otherwise, we're going to get more troops. And that's, well, I should say that's what's happening. President Biden, who in April announced that all U.S. forces in the region would, would be withdrawn by September 11th on Thursday, ordered 3,000 troops be temporarily deployed to the capital to help evacuate embassy personnel. The troops are expected to arrive within 24 to 48 hours. And I'll stress this too. I missed this on the first go. When Biden announced he was going to have a full withdrawal by September, I was like, awesome, awesome. And I had completely gone over my head that Trump had ordered it by May. Biden was extending our deployment in Afghanistan. Man, what a trash president. 
Afghan government security forces have crumpled and many civilians have fled their homes amid the Taliban's surprisingly swift advance toward the nation's power center. But the White House on Friday morning said Biden stands by his decision to end the U.S. presence in Afghanistan after nearly two decades of fighting in the wake of the 9-11 attacks. The president is firmly focused on how we can continue to execute an orderly drawdown and protect our men and women serving in Afghanistan. You heard him earlier this week. He does not regret his decision. You mean Trump's decision? In addition to the deployment of three infantry battalions from the Marines and Army to Kabul, a U.S. infantry brigade will be positioned on standby in Kuwait. Another 1,000 member unit comprising Army and Air Force personnel will deploy to Qatar to help process special immigrant visas for Afghan nationals who assisted U.S. and NATO troops during the war. Nevertheless, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said Thursday that the U.S. still expects to fully withdraw all troops by the end of August. Britain said Thursday it will send about 600 troops to help its citizens leave Afghanistan, where about 4,000 U.K. nationals are believed to be stationed. Canada is also deploying special forces to the country to evacuate staff in the Canadian embassy in Kabul. They say this is developing news. Check back. I, w- I want you to understand something. I don't like the Taliban. I don't like their ideology. I don't think I don't like the things they do to people. I look at these old photos of Afghanistan back in the 60s and 70s, and I'm like, man, it looks great. Cosmopolitan and somewhat classically liberal, many Western values expressed. And then you get these militants, these Islamists who come in and subjugate women and shut down personal liberties and institute authoritarian theocracy. I am not a fan of that. That being said, you always need to try and think about things from from whatever different perspective you can. I want you to think about what's happening right now. The Taliban was in control of this country. The United States goes in all based on garbage, lies and misinformation. And probably just because, in my opinion, I think the U.S. wanted Iran. So if you look at if you look at a map, you can see Iraq and Afghanistan on the border surrounding uh, Iran, putting up all our military bases around Iran. And then you get John Bolton saying, oh, man, I'm sure he was crying about this one because he said it a couple of years ago, I think. By this time next year, we'll be celebrating in Tehran. Yeah. <laughs> loser. These people are insane. Okay. It's, it's, it's militaristic conquest. It's stripping of resources. It has nothing to do with this country. At least it shouldn't. But I think about what it must be like to be in Afghanistan, to have the United States just come in and take over. Think about what, what that must have been like, regardless of whether or not the system is good or bad. You've got all of a sudden this occupying force and they don't know you and they don't trust you and they are not elected by you. They don't represent you. To be fair, I don't think the Taliban is better, but I'm just saying there were probably a lot of people. It was it was probably not as if everybody greeted us as liberators. Right. So then you have these people deciding I'm going to work with with the with the Americans, an occupying force. It is estimated that forty seven thousand or so civilians died in this. Now, again, it's war. I understand we should not have gone there in the first place. It was a huge mistake. It was a mistake to stay. And now you have the Taliban coming in. So I tell you this, what to consider. The Taliban is going to view each and every one of those people who helped the United States as as traitors. And I, 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 I get it. I hope these people are safe. I hope the, the Taliban has some measure. I'm not entirely convinced they will. As much as I love this country, I think it is fair to say we have a war addiction and it is just, you know, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail and absolute power tends to corrupt. Absolutely. The U.S. has the means and the capability to just walk in and do whatever they want. And that is a problem. Now we are finally getting out. Let me show you something because we're going to throw some shade at Joe Biden, but just a little bit. Like I said, I'm not I'm not I'm not an insane tribalist, 
Joe Biden is not the one who announced the complete withdrawal. And Joe Biden isn't the person who got us in there in the first place, though I can't say the Democratic establishment. Um, Well, hold on a minute. He wasn't president. He did vote for these things in the Senate. So you know what? I'll throw some shade his way for sure. But a lot of blame goes around to a lot of people. In this regard, the problem I see is that there was an extra amount of time that he gave himself why didn't he have the troops centered in around Kabul to get the embassies clear for all these other countries, for the UK, for Canada, instead of then going, oh, no, look what's happening. Are you are you daft? Did you really believe the Taliban wouldn't just come back? We were told this over and over and over again. When I had Sean Parnell on the show, and we talked about it, he says, I think you need a small presence. I, he may have been talking about Iraq, to be honest. The general idea you typically hear is we need a small presence in these countries to prevent things like this from happening. We don't want a full military deployment. You just need some leadership to help support the Afghan security forces who have completely crumpled in the wake of our exodus. Now, if look, maybe there's a lot of conservatives and their view is we could have kept in a couple hundred commanders. Maybe that's an argument. I don't think we should be occupying any of these countries. We get out and perhaps preventing destabilization and the, and the Taliban coming in. It's not just that they're taking their, their, these, these cities. It's that they're seizing American military equipment. That is, is insane. But I don't know. At the end, I can just say I can be mad about whatever. You can complain about whatever. We are getting out good. If we, 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 we can reap the, the, the consequences of America's failed actions. Jack Posobiec said Trump warned Biden not to break the deal with the Taliban to withdraw by May 1st. Biden immediately broke that deal on April 18th. Trump said, I wish Joe Biden wouldn't use September 11th as the date to withdraw our troops from Afghanistan for two reasons. First, we can and should get out earlier. 19 years is enough. In fact, far too much and way too long. He was right. I made early withdrawal possible by already pulling much of our billions of dollars of equipment out. And more importantly, Uh, More importantly, reducing our military presence to less than 2000 troops from the 16000 level that was there, likewise in Iraq and zero troops in Syria, except for the area where we kept the oil. (laughs) Oh, Trump. Secondly, September 11th represents a very sad event and period for our country and should remain a day of reflection and remembrance, honoring those great those great souls we lost. Getting out of Afghanistan is a wonderful and positive thing to do. I plan to withdraw on May 1st, and we should keep as close to that schedule as possible. This, is, this, this was in April. Donald Trump made the deal while he was in office. This meant the Taliban had advanced notice of warning of when America would be leaving. They had more than enough time to plan. The issue is, so did Joe Biden. So that's why I'm saying he should have prepared for this. I'll tell you, if Donald Trump was president, I think we'd still see a lot of the same thing. I just think it's right to get out. I think if Trump was president, we don't we don't exactly know. We, we, would, we, we would see the Taliban coming in and all that stuff. And so I can just say, Biden, you accepted the mantle. And now you must take responsibility for not having a plan for this. Sean Parnell running for Pennsylvania Senate says this is exactly the point I made on Sean Hannity. Biden pushed back President Trump's May timeline for withdrawal to 9-11 for political reasons and gave the Taliban extra time to plan their counteroffensive. Biden and our woke generals failed all of us. He's right. He is right. Like I said, giving them extra time also means giving us extra time. If they're now talking about sending 3000 troops to Kabul, more than who are already there, it strikes me as very strange, doesn't it? Trump says he he brought the troops troop level down to about 2000 or less. And now they're sending 3000. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? 
If they had extra time, we had extra time. They could have absolutely just said, we're going to withdraw our forces to the capital to, uh, to evacuate the embassy, and then we're out. Instead, they leave. There's military equipment still there. They had months to plan for that. And now the embassy's at risk. Now they've got to send more troops. You know, uh, let me just give a shout out to the dumpster fire of a political party, the Republican Party. Adam Kinzinger. I love how people call like McConnell. They, 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 no, no, I'm sorry. They call like, uh, um, yeah, they call McConnell and they call like Kinzinger and Liz Cheney Republicans in name only. Rhinos. I, sh- I just need to explain something to you guys. They're not the rhinos. Rand Paul's a rhino. Thomas Massey's a rhino. Why? Because when it comes to what the Republican establishment does, it's garbage. They're all garbage. Garbage in, garbage out. When you look at Massey and Rand Paul, they do really well. So they are not in line with the establishment majority of Republicans. No, the Republican Party is garbage. And you have some libertarians who have uh, run for office as Republicans, and they are Republican in name only. You know why? Because the Republican Party is not a principled party. Adam Kinzinger says the Taliban used to say America has the watches. We have the time. Yet again, we see a disaster in the making, not because we were defeated, but because we gave up. America only loses a war when we choose to. Between Trump and Biden, they own this. Shut your mouth, you spineless loser. Adam Kinzinger is the worst of the worst. We gave up. You know what? I will give credit to Biden for getting us out. Now, we'll see what happens with this 3,000 deployment because he's probably just putting us right back in. Sure. Trump actually tried pulling the troops out. And now you get garbage in, garbage out McConnell. McConnell demands Biden commit to sending more troops back to Afghanistan. Oh, it's just great. This is what you get when you vote Republicans. You know, this is, this is why I'm, I'm not happy with either party. And I get these people saying, Tim, you have to support the Republicans. Otherwise, the Democrats win. I'm like, yes, yes. But then Mitch McConnell is like more troops in Afghanistan. You know what, man? I, I loathe these, these parties and these people. Trump was different. That's why I voted Republican in the last election, because Trump was pulling our troops out of Afghanistan. And now we're left with this scum. They want more troops. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. How does Kentucky have Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell? Man, I tell you. McConnell called Biden's Afghanistan policy reckless and said that if the administration does not move to send additional troops to back up Afghanistan forces to the U.S. Embassy in uh, the U.S. Embassy in Kabul, uh, Kabul could fall to insurgent groups. Now we know he is going to be sending more troops. I'm just saying it's the uniparty, man. Mitch McConnell and Biden, they're all about this. They're together. They, they want the same thing. Here's how it works. The Democrats are the sledgehammer and are the, and are the cudgel. And the Republicans are the people pretending to be the resistance. The Republicans are like, I can't believe that they would do this. Quick vote for me. And we're like, yes, Republicans. And then they go to sleep. And then when they get power in 2016, 18, what do they do? They actually come out like, well, maybe we should look into this Russia stuff. That's the Republican Party you vote for. I don't know. Tell you guys, the Libertarian Party is whacked out of its mind, too, except for the for the Mises caucus. And Dave Smith's a pretty smart guy. Maybe that will be our saving grace if we can actually rally enough people to vote for libertarians. But I don't know what to tell you. You know, I think with Dave Smith, what, what's what's working with the, um, the Mises caucus is that they have sound mind. They are not into all this woke insanity. They're uh, what works for conservatives. They happen to be pro-life, which is interesting for libertarians. And I think it's just the anti-establishment, anti-uniparty, and uh, anti-war. But the problem with the rest of the Libertarian Party is that they're all on board for wokeness. No joke. Joe Jorgensen, she tweeted it out. So what am I going to do? Am I going to vote for these people? 
I guess the only option is to find a good Republican. So I'll say this. There is hope, my friends. What we are seeing now is the, the right, right-wing populist insurgency. You've got people who are uh, right populists. They're for the working class. They're for bringing back our jobs, for securing our borders, school choice. And they're now running in larger and larger numbers. It's time to get the uniparty out of office. The problem Democrats, the, the progressive Democrats just fall in line. They have faux, uh, um, you, you've, you've got certain uh, political channels on YouTube and stuff, and they pretend to be progressive anti-establishment, but they're as pro as establishment as you get. And these young people just walk blindly behind them. At least the right populists are like, we don't want this. We're going to challenge that system. So I'll tell you what, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There was a point where I defended Nancy Pelosi, no joke, a couple years ago, because I thought that the, that the squad was, was insane with their demands. And I'm like, look, you know, take the lady who's like, slow roll it. Now I'm, now I'm like, nah, you know what? I've thought about it. I'd rather have AOC over Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi is apparently going to be stepping down in the next you know, year or so because she is uniparty establishment trash. AOC is probably, uh, well, I, I should say this. I think AOC and Pelosi are basically the same thing. I would take a progressive Democrat over these establishment uniparty shills. I think AOC is a shill. I think she, she feigns some kind of populist rhetoric, but in reality, she'll fall in line with the establishment at a moment's notice. You take a look at what the Republicans are pulling out with Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff. And I'm like, ah, they're, they're telling the establishment to shove off. We need more of this. We need actual people to restore the, 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 the will of the people to our government, because we are a corporatonomy, a corporatocracy, whatever you want to call it, an oligopoly, a corporatist oligopoly, ultra wealthy individuals propping up their friends, dumping our, sending our, our young men and women in uniform to, to die for, for, for what? Cold, hard profit, American exceptionalism and democracy building. No, that's, that's insane. It's all insane. And the funny thing is the mainstream media loves this stuff. Now you've got the Republicans coming out. So I tell you this, Donald Trump was something different. Ron DeSantis is pretty good. I'm not going to I'm not going to get behind McConnell ever. McConnell and Lindsey Graham are awful. And I've said that for a long time. Tucker Carlson came out and said it, too. These people need to get voted out. Rand Paul is awesome. Far from perfect, but he's one of my favorite. You know, what? I'll say this. I basically hate all politicians. There's like five that I'm like, yeah, they're all right. And I think like they mostly tend to be Republicans because the libertarians run as Republicans. Rand Paul does a great job. You know, and full disclosure, I just donated to his campaign because he's, I think, one of the most important people we have in Congress, telling people to stand up for themselves, rejecting authoritarianism, trying to filibuster. He is like, you know, it's like a light in the darkness, huh? Far from perfect, I'll tell you that. But I, I've always been a big fan of, uh, of him and his dad and uh, because of liberty, because of freedom, because of individualism. And I'm not a right libertarian, but I will gladly accept a bunch of right libertarians saying, leave me alone and I'll leave you alone over the authoritarian crackpots on the left or the right. And that's, that's why I think he does a good job. As for, the, for Biden and the rest, I'll give Biden credit for getting the troops out. I'm going to issue a stern warning about them deploying even more troops. The Republicans want this too. We've got to do something. I think we have a great opportunity in 2022 to send a message to Washington by electing populists, people who care about the will of the people and not the elite cronies. That's what I'm talking about. And that may be 
some I, I wish there were there were some moderate Democrats that were populist, but they keep just falling in line to the collective and the establishment. I'd gladly accept them. You know, so I'll uh, look, I'll take the Republicans because at the very least, I know that the more libertarian individuals will leave me alone and they'll stop doing this. I tell you what, to all these Democrats, if you want to complain about the Republican agenda, maybe you should have fought harder with the rest of us to end this war garbage. Because I will tell you this, one of my biggest, the biggest things I, I, I often complain about is foreign policy because it is clear cut across the board. You, we can argue about domestic policy. We can argue about, you know, parental leave and things like that. And we will make our points. Come to me and tell me why we're in Afghanistan. And I have not heard my entire life a good reason other than we're wasting money and people are dying. So when I'm looking at something, I'm like, that's something I can clearly point to and be like, why? For what? To hold the region so China doesn't take it? Maybe. But I do not I do not believe the ends justify the means. This utilitarianism, I'm not a fan of it. So you know what? I'm happy to see the troops leaving. I hope they, they stay safe. My, I, I hope everybody in Kabul can get out safely. Hopefully this is a temporary deployment. The uniparty establishment politics of this country, we need to make a change, a serious change. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.